So this morning, we have uh, an awesome opportunity again just to have another uh, a guest speaker, a preacher uh, with us this morning. So again, I hope that everyone's been helping them make Phil right at home. Um, uh, Brandon, I wish I had like a bio so I could read about you. But uh, guys, please uh, help me welcome Brandon Armstrong. Man, good to see you, man. Christian, hey, I apologize. I was trying to find this man before service, and I went up, and I went down, and doors were locked, and stuff wasn't happening, and you were a mystery, you know? But, uh, but we made it. We made it. So it's good to be here. Good to see all you guys. Hey, was worship not awesome? Make some noise in here. Yeah. Listen, man, I felt like going on about another 30 minutes in there. You know, that was good stuff. That's real good stuff. Look, I still believe it. The psalmist would say it this way, uh, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Uh, but, but he goes on and says, serve the Lord with gladness. So we got joyful, and we got to have some gladness, you know? Like, like everything that we do, the Bible prescribes it from your giving to your serving. You know, if you're going to do it and purpose in your heart, that the thing that is required above all things when you do anything is that you do it with a cheerfulness, you know, that there's a cheerfulness and a joy and a gladness. I often like to say it this way whether it's serving with your life and your time or giving of your money, if you're not cheerful about it, it'd be better for you to just keep it. <laughs> it'd be better for you to just keep, put your money back in your pocket, stay in the bed, because an old man taught me this one time in Columbus, Ohio. He said, Brandon, he said, it is true that you reap what you sow, but sometimes people take that out of context. They don't get to the depth of it. And he says, basically what that is, is you don't just reap what you sow, you reap what you sow out of. Does that make sense? So, you know, if, if we got real, real technical with the whole thing, it's not that I'm going, if I help someone, someone's going to help me. No, 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 because there's a truth, and everybody in here has done this before. How many of you, throw your hand up if you've helped somebody before, but you really didn't want to be there at the moment? Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord this morning. Guess what you reaped? A whole bunch of not wanting to be there with them. That's what you got. That's what you got. And so there's a real truth to this thing, that joyfulness and gladness. And this is what the psalmist said, that we would make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye land serve the Lord with gladness. And when you trickle on down through there, it says it because of this reason we should be glad and cheerful and making joyful noises is because it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. Woo! I think that's enough right there to get happy on. That as much as we try to work things and do things and can't find the joy and the happiness in it, the truth is the whole picture, the big picture of this whole life is that God has made us and not ourselves. And so that's enough to be joyful. That's enough to be praiseworthy that God is in control and not me. I don't know about you, but I've tried being in control. And sometimes I may think that works for a while, but in the end, no, 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 I don't even have to get to the end of it. In the middle of it, I find out that that's not too good. Right? I got two people over there. That's good. You with me. All right. Y'all ready to get into this? I'm just good. I'm, I'm happy this morning. I got friends in Florida that's going through some stuff, and they're moving into Nashville. They're having to get away, and there's a lot of calamity and stuff going on, and I think we should be sensitive to that. Um, but I am where I am, and it's like 73 degrees and sunny, and uh, I'm with you guys. 
and you guys feel great. I feel great. Let's be great today. Amen. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. We're ready to get into it. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. I want you to go down around verse 35. We're going to get into it. I want to talk to you about something this morning. And please, when I got a hold of this word over the last, I don't know, six, seven days, it was not because of what's happening in uh, the Gulf and in Florida or in Texas. I promise you that's not why I read it. So let God be God, okay? But as we read this, um, I'm not trying to piggyback off of something that's going in there, but I think God has a word for us in there. I think God wants to speak to us in the middle of these things, all right? Uh, so, so let's get in, and we'll start with verse number 35. And it says, if I can paint a little, give you a backdrop to this without going through the whole chapter, Jesus has spent a lot of time at this point doing a lot of teaching during the day, okay? He's been at work all day long, and now they've come to the evening. So he's been busy. He's been handling a lot of people. For the teachers in this room right now, you understand that teaching is not the work. It's, inter it's, it's having to work through all the distractions, all of the interruptions, all of the people's needs in the middle of it, and really caring and taking care of people and situations that may arise. And so Jesus is at the end of this day. And it says that the day, verse 35, that the day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall, storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. They began to sink. And Jesus was in the stern. He was at the bottom of the boat. He was sleeping. Uh-huh. He was sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him, and they said this. They said, teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? If I could paraphrase it and come into 2017 with us, hey, man, hey, we about to drown. Wake up. That's how it sounded. The writer doesn't do that good of a job, okay? So he's like, man, we're about to drown. Get up. So he got up, and this is what he does on the, re on the reaction of the disciples. He gets up, and he rebukes the wind and said to the waves, some translations say, peace, be still. Be quiet, be still. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So one writer says it, where is your faith? Where'd you put it? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. That's interesting right there. You think they know who he is, but they still got questions about who is this? And even the wind and the waves obey him. I think this is amazing. If I can talk to you this morning, I just want to talk to you about the moment in the middle. All right? The moment in the middle. See, the, the, the story goes that they've been working all day long, and now they're at the evening, and Jesus is saying, take me to the boat. I want to get some rest and get away from the people. 
Can I help everybody in this room this morning that we really need to take a lesson from Jesus Christ this morning on this particular situation? That when we are in purpose, when we are in our purpose and in our work for God and in this life, that rest is necessary. Y'all hear me? Rest is necessary. I'm amazed by how many of us work tirelessly but actually don't know how to rest. I even talked to this with seniors in my classes at Brighton High School. I talked to them about how they can maximize their next day and never realize, and sometimes they don't understand, that the way you maximize, in this case, Monday, is not by when Monday gets here, you start preparing. It's actually by how you go to sleep. I'm amazed. I really am. How much we prepare for so many things. Where are my students at? How many of y'all prepare for tests? Yeah. Football players prepare for games. Adults prepare for work. But many people don't prepare for sleep. Like, I'm not talking about your routine and you watch TV till you fall or you go unconscious, you know. I'm not talking about you have a, a, a big glass of milk and, and it puts you to bed. No, I'm talking about real preparation, understanding what's going on and being able to sleep and get the rest. Because real work, the real purpose that God's called us to do, it always causes us to be tired. It always causes us to be at a place where we need refreshing. See, Jesus even slick introduces something that has been a lost command, especially in America. It's that fourth command, I believe it is, about remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. You see, remember it and keep it holy. Remember it. Why? Because many will forget it. And thank God, you know, what? people get mad today because they want Chick-fil-A and they can't get in there, right? <laughs> hey, what's going on? I want Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A remembered something. They remembered something. Now, I don't care. This is not about, no, it's not. This is not about which day of the week it is. And we could go biblical theology through here, and we would see that Jesus Christ takes the days of the week out of the equation. When Jesus says, come to me. All of you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yeah. Jesus becomes our Sabbath, and Jesus here is taking the time. I had a teacher used to say, Brandon, whatever you do, make sure you pick a day out of the week and have a Sabbath. Right? Because she understood. She was trying to convince me that it doesn't matter what day you want to do it. Just make sure you take that time to get your rest. Now, see, a lot of us, we get that confused and we say, well, rest is, let me just, let me binge watch Netflix and, and movies and, uh, in my case, football. Pastor John, you messing with me last night. He texted me when my fighting Irish went down. <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah, some of y'all saw that, huh? Yeah, you did. You saw it. And he's going to text me at 10 o'clock talking about, say, what'd you say? 10 Hail Marys. And I'll see you in the morning. Look at that. <laughs> I'm a big, listen, know this about me. I'm the biggest Notre Dame fan in the South. Ain't nobody going to get nothing like this. This is it. And, uh, and so, man, I was, I, was, I was hurt, man. And then you hit me. You, 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 you poked me. You poked me with that text. I didn't want to hear no text message when you lose 20 to 19. Anyway, y'all. So you get, in, you get in and you think rest is football and movies and all that. Understand this. Real rest is not just doing something separate from your purpose. It's doing the things that inspire your purpose. What God's called you, you never want to get into this leisure rest that distracts you from what he called you to do. 
You want the things that inspire and motivate and fuel you because that's where you'll find the ultimate rest. It's not napping all day, though your body needs it. It's really making sure that as you're resting your physical body, you are also resting or inspiring your spirit man so that you can continue because where they're going is not on a boat trip. They didn't intend to get on the boat and chill out. Let's have a barbecue while we get out on the water. They were intending because Jesus gives instructions that we're going to the other side, but something happens in the middle. There's a moment in the middle that really starts spurring on a whole lot of this. And so in our time, rest is necessary for a generation that's coming after me. There's studies right now that's saying that this generation is, is, uh, is more tired than any generation in its previous history. I said, more tired. How many's got a uh, 15-year-old just lethargic and don't know why? <laughs> Somebody's laughing. You got me. Listen, let me have you. Let me have you. This generation is, the generation that's coming is really tired, but they're tired from boredom. They're not tired because they're overworked. Oh, no. No. Leading researcher, leading researcher, Bill Damon at Stanford said this, the biggest problem growing up today is not actually stress, it's meaninglessness. It's not having purpose, having a knowing of where you're going and something that wakes you up in the morning. It's being absent of that and just setting and letting life pull you in the directions that it'll go. And sometimes just rocking yourself to sleep in class watching Netflix. Yeah, this generation is struggling right now because of the lack and the absence of meaning and purpose. And so Jesus, anytime he's in the equation, it's to wake up purpose, to bring you alive, to show you where you're at. And so he's got disciples going with him so he can communicate to them what real life purpose and kingdom living is about. That it is about serving other people, not just serving yourself. And so when you're in the midst of it, that will tire you as well. And so now they're in the transition of saying, get me to the boat. I got to rest and we're going to go to the other side. But what's on the other side? The other side is... If we fast forward, it's a man possessed with a demon, and he's got to be freed from his demon. And Jesus is intentional about it, and so he gives directions. Follow me. He gives directions, so let's go to the other side. The directions are really important. And so as he gets on this boat, he is asleep, and they encounter a storm. Now, this storm is pretty pretty interesting. I think this storm is a big deal. This storm starts waking up stuff in people. This storm shows, it highlights a whole lot. You know, even, even uh, I think the psalmist would say this, that it's a vain thing for you to rise up early and go to bed late, eat the bread of sorrows, and because his beloved, he gives him sleep. There's an anxiety that happens when a storm comes. No need to be toiling and spinning. And I'm going to tell you what happened here, because when they're on this boat and this thing is starting to move and they're trying to get from one place to another, that's what life is, right? That's what life is. You're going from here and you're trying to get to another place. And what we do is we deal with everything in the middle of trying to get from here to there to where you believe God is wanting you to be or what he wants you to become and where you are now. And in the transition, you have to deal with everything in life. 
And right there in the middle of all of it, Jesus is sleeping. He's asleep while storms are happening. And the disciples have something that they jump on board with this thing. They go real hard at it. They wake him up screaming. Why are you sleeping? I need you awake. Get up. Are you not bothered? They're actually getting on Jesus. They're getting on him hard saying, look, I need you. Watch this. I need you to feel the anxiety and the panic of the situation. Anybody in here ever done that or known somebody that as they're in the middle of something, they want you to feel just as overwhelmed as they are? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that as, as much as they're being bombarded with life, they're not just reaching out for help. They just want you to feel it just like they are. Have you ever wanted somebody to pity you too like that? To where you just want them to feel what you are feeling, that you're in the moment just like that. They, you want them in the moment. You want them to feel the anxiety of it, the pressure of it, all of it. Now, see what they asked him. This is what they asked him. This is an amazing thing. We think when we, when we read it in retrospect, we think that they were asking him to silence the storm. They never asked him to silence the storm. They never thought he could. They just wanted him, watch this, they wanted Jesus to feel the pressure of the moment and labor with them only so that they could still be the ones that are working out the problem at the same time. They didn't want Jesus to take the problem over. They didn't want to sit down and say, can you help us and fix it and, and steer the boat? They wanted him to come work alongside them, but they didn't want to give up what they were doing. I think that is awesome what's going on right now. Is that in the middle of this moment, they're not asking for relief. They just want him to join into the anxiety. That's what they want. You heard it. You read it with me. Because when they get to the end, they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds obey him? They were not saying, oh, God, can you please stop the storm? Can you please save our life? No. Can you wake up and come get the water out of the boat? Can you shovel this out because we're sinking and you're sleeping? Do you not care what's going on here? And they said, we need you to help us. And this is what's amazing. Because a lot of times we think that God's instructions, watch this, if God said go to the other side, then this should be a smooth trip. This should be a smooth trip. And sometimes when we encounter the moment and we get introduced to a storm that seems to be an interruption, understand that it's God's instruction that led you to the storm. See, I love what the psalmist says, Psalms 34, 37 and 23, it's an amazing verse. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And when you get to verse 24, it says, and though he fall, how? I thought his steps were ordered by the Lord. How can he fall? Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Because God holds him with his hand. Just because you fall, it does not mean it's failure. Just because you fall does not mean it's a sin, does not mean it's over. 
What it simply means is it introduces and exposes you to faith. It exposes you to God in the moment. See, they're rolling with Jesus all this time, and they're seeing what he's doing. But even they get amazed and question, hold on, man. What kind of dude is this that this wind is listening to him? This is a whole nother side to him. Can I tell somebody in this room today, there's a side of God we hadn't seen yet. There's a side of God that I don't think we have been convinced of. There's parts of God and there's places in God and there's faces of God. Oh, my God. You know, he's everywhere. And I think there's things that he wants to reveal to us that will show us who he really is in all of his power and all of his goodness and all of his love and his mercy. Because when they get exposed to this storm, please know that the instruction Listen, when God gives you directions, it don't change because of distractions. It does not change. Distractions don't change directions. They are just ways in the middle where we get to see God move and care for us and love us and speak to us. It's where relationship gets deeper. And we can't run away from it. I'm amazed. We can't be these kind of people. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't. I don't want to be a Christian that when discomfort comes, I'm begging on the mercy of God to remove every trouble that comes into my life. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that Christian that when some storm of life pops up, I'm asking him to remove it every time because I don't want to go through the discomfort. I don't want to be challenged. Can I tell you that we forfeit? We forfeit the faith and grace of God when we do not want to go through the trial and the experience. It's through the trial and the struggle that we actually have our faith exercised. Faith is there when it is in opposing situations that challenges us, that, 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 that twists us, that makes us uncomfortable. The truth is there can never be any growth, any growth at all without struggle. We need the struggle. Your muscles don't grow without lifting weights. You can't run three miles unless you want to run one. You can't do any of it unless you experience the tension between it. And they are in the middle of the tension. They are in it. And they're saying, I need you to get up. And he's saying, didn't I tell you what I said we were going to? We're going to the other side, and this is just something in the middle. And they woke him up, and they challenged him. That's what they did. They were not asking him to silence the storm. They just wanted him to work with them. They didn't believe he could. They just wanted God to be involved. See, that's like, they wanted to stay in control, but they just wanted that's, that's, that's the That's the American Christian right there. We don't want to exchange our life for anything. We just want God in the middle of it. We want God to be added to it. Hey, hey, I'm going to do what I'm doing. God, come bless this. Don't let me sacrifice anything. Oh, no. No, I don't want to do that. I got a dream. I want to go do my dream. Can you come along? Yeah. Can you come along with me instead of me following him? And that's where we've been lost in it. And Jesus does something. And I'm going to close with this, guys. This is great. 
This comforted me so much because it taught me so many lessons just reading through this over the last week or two. Is that when they come up and check Jesus, really trying to get on his case about why are you sleeping? Why are you in the bottom of this boat? And why don't you get up and come help us? The reaction, both two of the three writers that recorded this, both said the same thing. So I'm going to take their side of it over the one. This is what he said. As soon as they said, why are you asleep? Don't you feel what's going on? Don't you see we're drowning? Can you please get up and do something about this and help us out? Jesus gets up, says nothing to them, looks at the storm, says, peace be still. Once the winds calm down, storm ends, he looks at the disciples and says, now where's your faith? No, no, no. He just flipped everything on them. What's your problem? Where'd you put your faith? You don't have any faith? You don't have any faith in what? You don't have any faith in two things. Number one, you don't have any faith in the instruction because the instruction said we're going to the other side and a storm ain't never going to stop God's plan. But you don't believe that is what he told them. You don't believe that. Number two, you don't believe the one that gave it to you. Because you coming at me, telling me to get up? Didn't you know I was the one that sent us this way? And he's trying to get them to say, where, where, visit, where did you put your faith? Where is it? Is it in yourself? Is it in the boat? Is it in the water? Did you think it was going to float along? Is it in the circumstances? Where is it? So this is what he did. This blessed me so much, guys, for everybody in here that's ever been a parent, been a teacher, in any position to help someone and lead someone. Jesus comforted them by fixing the problem before he corrected them. That changed my life. The last thing we want to do is go beat up our children before we help them. We don't want to go all in correcting them. And we haven't comforted them. He shows great grace and leadership ability right there by saying, I'm going to make sure I interrupt this. I'm going to show you who I am, show you what I can do. And when I'm done, that's going to speak so loud for when I come back and check you and really correct you. Because we risk losing a people when we simply want to correct them and we never want to show them any grace. We don't want to show people mercy, but we want to tell them where they're wrong. Oh, I don't want to be a man that does that to my son. And I sure don't want to do it to that woman right there. I don't want to be the one to tell her where she went wrong and try to correct her without showing her the mercy first. Mercy has to trump it first. Has to. What you lead with is what they'll follow. And that's tremendous. And so Jesus does that. And he says he comforts them. He silences it. He fixes it. Men are problem solving. My wife comes to me with this problem at school, and now I'm trying to go and fix it. Before I fix it, I can't turn around and tell her where, you know, you know what you need to do. This is what the problem is. This is what you should. You should do this. It'd be better for me to shut up for a minute. Right? Be good for me to shut up for a minute and actually get in 
and comfort and speak things to her children, her students in her classroom to actually help her in her situation. And then we come back and solve the problem later. I think that is big and that is something that must always be given uh, attention to. So Jesus corrects them, but he also comforts them. I'm going to end with this. I want to pray for you guys. But I want you to know that today, that in the moments in the middle of you going from one point to the other, where, where you are right now and where God has given you direction to, and I believe God speaks to everyone in this room. I don't believe you're here on accident, and I ain't going to use that cliche-ish, okay? Literally, everyone in this room had intentions last night to set your alarm clock. And then you got dressed and put yourself in an automobile and drove over here. Because there's something in everyone in this room that desires God, that wants to know what's the next step. I don't want to believe that we'll be a people, any of us, will be a people that we, this just makes us feel good. That we just come here to feel good about tomorrow. No, I believe everyone in here is leaning on God to know what the next move is. And right now, all of us, somebody used to tell me this all the time. They said, it's, it's three phases of life. You're either getting ready to go into the storm, you're in the storm, or you're coming out of the storm. We're all in one of those phases right now. Everybody in this room, everybody. And so when we're in that, in the moments in the middle, we got to remember that Jesus is not just one of us. God is not just one of us, and we can't look at him that way. We can't look at him just to feel our pain, but we got to really lean on him to understand. And we get scripture like this testimony, testimony to know that he is not like us. Oh, no. That right there is the detriment to worship because it's hard for anybody in here to worship a God when you don't believe that there's anybody greater than you. When you are the pinnacle of your life and your thought life, it's hard to worship God. It's hard to give him praise. And so it is in these points in our life right now where we are, September the 10th, on this day, you're going in, you're in the middle, or you're coming out one way or the other. You're all in the same situation. And we don't need to view God any less than what God is and view ourselves any higher than we think we are. But really understand that this is the God that does not just feel our infirmity, but he takes it away. That he heals, that he saves, literally can save your physical life in the moments of chaos. That he will save your mind in your depression. That he ain't just feeling it. He is the one that heals it. I want everybody to say that with me. He heals. Yeah, he does. And we got to be convinced of it or we'll look around and say, oh, well, what manner of man is this that even the winds here? You'll be in the middle of your storm trying to get from point A to point B in life and not realize who's on the boat with you. <laughs> like he's just sleeping. It does not mean he's absent. He's still there. And we need to know if Jesus is resting, that ain't a bad thing all the time. Because if he's with you, he gave you the instruction. And any instruction he gave, he accompanies the instruction. He's there. 
Amen, everybody. Amen. He's there. I want him in the moments, in the middle of it. When we're on the other side, we do our thing, and when we get to the next place, it's new. And in the middle, we got to transition. And transition is hard sometimes. Transition should reveal some things. Movement shows a whole lot. It does. It does. And I think you guys are in a prime position in the transition where God is going to show himself mighty, show himself real. Praise God. Lord, thank you this morning. Anybody down this morning that wants to come down, I'll be here. I'll pray with you. I really am open for that. If there's someone in here today that you know that you are trying to work it out and have the power over it yourself, if you're trying to work that, please know that, yes, your life needs to be exchanged because you can't try to get the water out of the sinking boat. You have to know that he can silence it. And that's worship. And that's salvation. That's the depth of it. Lord, thank you for everyone here today. Reveal yourself. Oh, I feel that. I do. I feel that. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his light on everyone and reveal himself to you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace Jesus' name, amen. of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, and oh, praise Him, and hallelujah, thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam. so strong. 